Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Bring it up, Jay. Ken Barkley, and you. All right, we'll get to all our bets for tonight coming up later in the hour. Ken Barkley's going to talk about John Calipari and the Ken. See what I did there? The Ken, the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, Jake the Snake Hassan, a little bit on Major League Baseball, but I want to carry over the NFL conversation from the end of hour number three here. What was your interpretation, Ken, of Peter King's in his like farewell column this morning? Basically, like, and he really couched it, which is totally fine. It's early in the process. And the way I'll paraphrase what he wrote, um, I don't know what's going to happen. Also, I think the Bears are are going to uh, are going to trade the number one overall pick, which would mean that they were going to Justin Fields would be their quarterback next year. Um, Drew Dinsick was basically like, well, you know, I think the Bears are probably floating that out there because they want to float as many things out there as possible. I tend to agree with him. Did you have a different interpretation of that? Did you find that noteworthy or interesting? I uh, I saw. That gets shared a lot this morning. Excuse me. So I uh, I I messaged a couple people, just like well, you know, if I wanted to message, like, I talked to a few people about like Joe Missoula, coach of the year. I keep trying to run this by a lot of people to just be like get some critical feedback. Sometimes I run stuff by people and they all say you're dumb, and that's like is a pretty good pretty good test. Like if if smart people in you in unison say that you're stupid, then. Uh, then you probably at least have to consider they, that they might be right. And so while I was asking them about other things, I like threw this one in there. Just like, what do you think of this? Like draft markets are going to open. One person wrote back and shared that, I guess, at several points during the process earlier this season, like months ago, Peter King also like gave this same theory and he would have had like no information almost at that point, like, you know, like right at the end of the season and then like right after the Super Bowl. So I guess like there's a pattern, like this isn't a new report, I guess would be the way to put it. He just, I probably said it maybe more plainly. 
I guess would be the right way to put it, or, or closer to the draft at least. And it was his farewell column too, um, which is crazy because like when I was in high school, I used to read Monday Morning Quarterback. Um, so I, I, I kind of interpreted like the, what I got back from somebody was like, well, he's kind of been saying this for a while, so it doesn't seem like it's driven by like a source right now that says something's going to happen, unless it's the same information all along, and he's just been reporting it. I guess that's possible too. That's I just would throw that in there too. Like there's a pattern here where I don't know if this is like a new like he just got told something. I don't think that's what this is. Maybe it's information. Maybe it's not. But I, somebody shared that with me. I thought I'd share that as well. I think that is interesting. So probably what he what he knows is that probably like Ryan Poles, the Bears GM, probably really also like worth noting like Poles didn't draft Fields. Right. I don't know. Like the, the whole thing is just also worth noting they suck. I, right. I just yeah. Okay. Let Let's even. Okay, this is where it gets a little. This is more like sports radio than sports betting because like no, our, okay. my opinion on what they oh. should do doesn't matter really. Um. It, even if Fields were good, it makes. No sense to keep him. He's is this year four for Fields or now or year three? It's year oh, four, four, right? Yeah. So you're you're gonna have Justin Fields on year four, and you either have to pay him, pick up his option, or like you reset the rookie clock. You've got a billion dollars in cap space and a billion picks coming up here, and you draft a, a new quarterback who might be better than the With guy you got Williams. right now. Not just makes, a new quarterback. It, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what, like it would make absolutely like they can do it. It can make no sense, and they can do it. And like maybe Fields wins a Super Bowl. I don't think it'll happen. It makes no sense, no financial sense, the dollars and cents. It doesn't make for the Bears to keep Justin Fields, but they have to make this pick. I guess they don't have to. Whatever. Be, I think it would be crazy if they didn't. I don't know. I um I'm not like smart enough to kind of run or know enough to run analysis like this. What's better? Like rookie quarterback and the and the war chest that they have, or trade down twice and just get like a billion top picks to surround. I don't. I don't know what's better. I don't know. Well, it depends better. on how they grade out. Like, so in that idea, would they pick? They wouldn't. They wouldn't. They'd keep Fields and they wouldn't take a quarterback. So, like, what's worth more? The 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 salary has to be worth more. Look at the history of the league with how often deep playoff runs and Super Bowl participants come from elite quarterbacks on the rookie scale. Like, look at how often that happens. Like, all the time. It's all of them, basically, except the Mahomes wins now that he got paid. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, it's, you know, like the Josh Brady. Allen years, like the early ones. Burrow went to the Super Bowl. Hertz went to the Super Bowl. Like, it, Brock Purdy went to the Super Bowl, but that's kind of different because he makes, like, minimum wage. Like, it's just, it's it's just like that. This is so many got Like, it's such a thing, and it's this isn't. Like, I think everybody knows this. I guess that's the idea, right? That's what you're saying. Everybody knows this. Of course, of course you would do that. Like, their chances of winning improve by having a rookie. There's like, no. And I, I think Fields is interesting, just like, depending on where he goes next, what what happens. Like, I, you know, I like, I bought some Steelers. I'm kind of, like, I'm hoping for, like, there's, there's a situation where I'm hoping for Justin Fields, just because there's like a 5% chance he could be, you know, a, 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 all pro level quarterback. Maybe it's less than 5%, but there is some percent chance. There's some percent because it's still early in his career and he's only played at one place and the place was a dumpster. So like I, you know, there's, there's some chance that could happen, but yeah, to your point, like just the history of the league, like you get a quarterback, he's awesome. The ticking clock while you can add and add and add and add and add, and then you have to pay people and then it falls apart. You do the whole thing all over again. They, they didn't even get anything on this arc. Go back, go reset the arc. Of course, reset the arc. So, Here's a betting question now for you, like a okay. concrete betting question, because there are sports books right now, like offshore sports books right. that have some markets open, like who will the first overall pick be? 
Caleb Williams is a gigantic favorite. I guess BetMGM right. has this market open because Mike has it pulled onto the screen. It's a great yeah, job by minus BetMGM. 1200. Yeah. yeah, huge favorite. Um, there are like second overall and third overall picks market. I don't think BetMGM has those open. If they do, they Mike do. put them on the screen and, I, and I'll credit. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, so I guess Mike only in certain states. And for for people that don't know, you can't drafts, uh, awards, collegiate sports. I guess the draft is kind of like collegiate sport because it's college players going pro. Just for people that just may not know this, like, and this is this is not just like MGM or it's not just one sports book or another. Like certain states, you can't bet these markets, so you might think they're not open. Like Nick lives in New York, I live in Connecticut. These two states are pretty restrictive with what they offer. They don't offer you the full menu, and it's not even their fault. It's like legislation, I think, or whatever. Like I, I think they're not allowed to, honestly. Um, and so you might go to the, be like, I can't find these or they must not be open yet. Or like, what are they talking about? Just like it, it can be a really just wanted to say that because like sometimes I forget that like people are at all levels of betting that listen to our show. Like not everybody's like the super plugged in pro better or whatever that knows everything. Like it's it can be kind of weird. Be like, why can't why can't I find these? <laughs> like, there are they not open? Like, what is going on? Like, I can't. And then you're gonna like curse the, you know, the BetMGM app or whatever that you can't find and be like, it's not their fault. Like there's, you know, it's a state by state thing. So to your point, like I think sec first, second, and third, I think are open basically everywhere is the sense that I got. And then apparently some other ones kind of open in a couple places, but I have like I like sent a note to somebody, I haven't gotten them back yet. Very interesting. And look like in New York, I can't bet on awards, which means I have a friend in Connecticut yeah. that gets texted all the time. And it's not Ken, but like but Ken does live in <laughs> yeah, Connecticut. Like Connecticut? Uh, yeah. Um so here's my question, my betting question. You better you better hear with okay. Nick and Ken power hour on a Monday. So a couple years ago in the NBA draft, this is the year Paolo yeah. Bancaro went first to Orlando. What a year that was. I remember, I remember the analysis, Ken, that you had at the start of the process was, okay, uh, I believe at the time Jabari Smith was favored Definitely. to go number one overall. Chet Holmgren was the favorite to go second or had the second odds to go number one and was the favorite to go number two. And Paolo Bancaro, I believe, was like plus 900, like nine to one to be the first overall pick in the draft. And there were a lot of mock drafts at that point. And we were like later in the process, I think, with the NBA. And it seemed like there was not a consensus that Jabari Smith or Holmgren or Bancaro would be the first overall pick. So if that's the case, then why not take a shot at the guy with the longest odds? And in that case, it was it was Paolo Bancaro. Um, and look, it does just because that happened like that does not mean that this has to end up like this. But, you know, I don't know if we did this on the air with the guest or it may have been off air. But, you know, there are some people that think Drake May is the best quarterback prospect in the draft and should be the first overall pick. There are other people right now, again, very early in the process, that believe Drake May is QB4. That McCarthy, Daniels, and Caleb Williams will all go ahead of Drake May. Mike Brown has put up on the screen right now at BetMGM. Drake May is, is the fa minus 140 to be the second overall pick in the draft. Jaden Daniels is plus 150. If Caleb Williams didn't go first, he's 12 to 1 to go second overall. J.J. McCarthy is 30 to 1 to be 30. the second overall pick. Yeah. So is this like, hey, we we actually have no idea. We, we think we know. We think we know. We feel pretty good that Caleb's going to be the first overall pick, that he's QB1 on most teams' boards. After that, it kind of feels, at this point in time right now, like a big-time roll of the dice. What do you think about betting the long prices on two? Like, like basically challenging this, this order right now that everyone thinks is right. Like, are we sure that this order is right for the second overall pick and then the domino effect from there? It might be right, what, but we're not sure yet, right? What a smart question. That might be one of the best questions you've ever asked on the show. I think, I think you might be right. Um, and, uh, and so I, okay, like, so let's, let's work this, let's work through this. So like, assume Caleb goes one, 
And part of what you're building into that is like, maybe he doesn't go one sometimes, but you can pencil him in one and it's still okay. I would, you compared it to Bancaro, which is maybe like a unicorn kind of, I mean, Woj was just legit wrong the day of the drive. Does that happen? Like it just, it's like maybe a unicorn betting event. Well, it's how about more just, just like, it's, it's like, forget about draft well, how about just last It's more just year, like at the beginning of the process, right? Well, I was going to say, how about last year's NFL draft? Four quarterbacks. Okay. We feel pretty good. Bryce Young is going to go number one. What happens after that? And the answer was that like nobody had it right. Nobody had it right. Nobody. Well, Levis won in the second remember, round. I remember, right? Like Stroud, Richardson, Levis, and it was like who's? And I say it. I shouldn't have even. I shouldn't even say it in that order because the day of the draft, we were like, I don't know, Levis, Stroud, Richardson, Levis, Richardson, Stroud. Like you could say them in any order, and it would have made sense to people. And the markets reflected that. I remember like having like the bookmaker markets for two, three, and four up, and the whole day it's like, I don't know if anybody knows anything yet, and we're like two hours from the start of the draft, and nobody, there's a similar situation. Number one pick you feel pretty confident about. There are four quarterbacks that can go in the top eight. We thought they might go one, two, three, four in that draft. Levis was supposed to go four, and he didn't go in the first round. So like to your point, the idea that like, well, we know, like it's probably this, probably nothing. Probably nothing right now. So, all right. If you even want to put Caleb one, which again, the thing you'll feel the most confident about is who the first pick will be. That's always the way this stuff works. We were not as confident about Bryce Young last year until later, but like that ended up being like pretty much a sure thing with like a week to go. Okay, let's do that with Caleb. So I guess my question would just be, this is where I need your help because like I just don't know enough about the teams and like how they feel. Washington's was like your, your like your point is Washington really wants Caleb Williams in this exercise they will not get him how open do you think they are to either taking someone that's not Drake May or trading down and taking someone else that's also a quarterback like maybe somebody else wants Drake May too or somebody else wants JJ McCarthy too or something like that, and they want to trade up. Like, what is your, and you can just say, I don't know. That's okay. Like, what's your sense of how likely all of those things are? So uh, it's a complicated answer. We have sure. incomplete information right now. So let, let's just start with, like, the schemes that the teams run and, like, what we know about that. It would seem, I am not suggesting that J.J. McCarthy can't run a Cliff Kingsbury offense, just that he doesn't seem to be, like, the ideal quarterback. It seems funny, like, like, to run, like, to run like the I'm, air. Like, I'm laughing. Right. Yes, yes, like, yes. And, and I'm not, and look, like, like no NFL teams right. running, like, a full air raid offense, but, like, Kingsbury's iteration of it that they ran in Arizona with the Cardinals. It would seem that that's more like Drake May, like, that's more Jaden Daniels than J.J. McCarthy. But is, is it possible, and I think you kind of alluded to this, right? And I don't know the answer yet. Is it Washington is Caleb Williams or bust? Like Caleb Williams is their guy, and then like we're kind of ambivalent after that. If Caleb's off the board, maybe they'll look to trade down from there. Um, let's talk about Atlanta for a second. The Falcons have the eighth overall pick in the draft. There's buzz that Atlanta wants to trade up. So Atlanta is going to run, basically I want people to think about Atlanta now, Atlanta's offense, because Raheem Morris is his defensive head coach. They are running like the Shanahan-McVay offense. They hired Zach Robinson from the Rams. They hired a bunch of Rams, like, staffers. This is like Shanahan-McVay offense that the Falcons will be running. Who's got a great theoretical fit for that offense? J.J. McCarthy. So is it possible that Washington, like Kayla Williams, goes first, and Washington says, you know what? We're good. 
we'll tr- we'll trade down and we'll take our chances from here now. And we'll maybe we'll right. kick the can down the road on quarterback for a year and we'll like look to restock the cupboard. Remember they traded a bunch of guys at the deadline here. Like they're they're not ready to contend. Oh, maybe they kick the can down the road. Away. Yeah. Way they're far way away. Way far away. Yeah. So if you're Atlanta, do you go up to get is JJ McCarthy your guy if you don't want to risk it and and wait? So right. I don't think that McCarthy makes a ton of sense for Washington. I could also be wrong about that, but this is where we're like the information's incomplete. Where maybe Washington loves Caleb Williams and they're like, we don't care now that he's. And gone. that's not the market too. The market isn't Washington to take JJ McCarthy. It's who's going to be the second pick, and that's why I think this is interesting because I, like the I idea feel, is like, why does Washington have to pick there? Why do they have to do that? I'd feel better if it was a team other than Washington sure. picking seconds. Like if it were New England, 50? 30. thirty to go number two. What is he to go three? Let's look this up during the break. Yeah, Yeah, you know what we'll do? We'll talk about it. Coming up next. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. (laughs) On the BetQL Network. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley. On the BetQL Network. All right, we'll get to our bets for tonight coming up next segment. Jake the Snake Hassan going to talk a little baseball with us as well. Ken Barkley going to tell us his thoughts on the Ken Tucky Wildcats. But uh, a little bit more National Football League draft conversation here ahead of the start of the scouting combine. Uh, Just the rumors and what we're dealing with um, right now. Away from the quarterbacks for a second here, Ken, unless you have anything else on on McCarthy, because I know going to break, you were asking what his price is. Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to read one thing. I got a note. So somebody who listens to our show a lot. His name is Evan. And he, uh, shout out Evan, who's messaged me before about, I think he's like a really big Michigan fan. So obviously we were messaging a lot during the college football season because they won the national championship. So that went really well. Just some context here on McCarthy. Uh, McCarthy opened in one place 100 to 1 to go second and 30 to 1 to go third. And basically in like the last, in like the first couple of days, as some of the reports got coming out, those were the first two markets that got bet really aggressively and he got bet so the current prices that we have so the best price on him to go third is our show sponsor is offering plus 850 on mccarthy to be the third overall pick so again think about that right opens 50 we start to get nick the the information that i think you got as well through your people like no no like he's maybe he's not gonna go third or gonna go second (laughs) maybe we should have done well but he's like honestly those might have already gotten like nuked by the time i I don't even know when this stuff opened like it could have it could have happened already um Plus 850, 7 to 1, 8 to 1. That's like to go third. And then 30 to go second is, like, I think, what we're being offered right now. So the idea is this betting the draft is such a funny thing. Cause like, be like, oh, I bet JJ McCarthy go third. Be like, well, who's going to take him third? And your answer is like, I have no idea. I just think it's possible. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't have a clue. Um, so much of draft betting seems to be entirely about well, I've got this guy and he says that this is thing is going to except like so much of that is totally BS. It like doesn't happen. Remember when we were all convinced Jalen Carter was going to go fifth in the draft to Seattle. Remember that? Um, just like, so, and it gets bet too. And we like fall for it and I fall for it sometimes. So this handicapping style is not usually draft bending is entirely driven by information. This is what whale was talking about. I know this, maybe I know it before other people know it. I'm going to bet it. Um, and as we get closer to the draft, that can prove to be valuable. But this style is almost like, well, people think they know stuff, but it's unlikely anyone knows anything. 
And if it's unlikely anyone knows anything, then the prices can't be taken at face value because we we actually know zero. Like we're starting exactly from the beginning. And so if there is a quarterback that is getting any buzz to go in the top 10, then it almost like whoever, the, it doesn't have to be McCarthy. It could have been anybody. It could have been a quarterback that could have been Bo Nix or whatever, whoever it was, um, that if they are getting linked that much, that it at least makes things uncertain. We don't, we don't feel confident about anything. And this is one of the names that's being talked about just like something else. And I think we get really stuck in early mock drafts and early talking about the draft. Like, well, it has to be this way. Cause like all season, this is what we thought the order was going to be. And we thought it was Drake may and Caleb for one. And the other guy would go to it. Like, that's what it was going to be just because something new comes up. Doesn't mean that like, like it shouldn't take a lot to shake those previous beliefs because their previous beliefs are rooted in nothing. They're rooted in like a guy on the couch's guess about who the best quarterbacks are. So like it shouldn't like in your brain, it shouldn't take a lot to get you out of that and onto something else. And I think right now that would be McCarthy. So I, I just, I mean, I gotta be honest, like in the break, I'm thinking about like, do I want to bet him to go second and third? Not for a lot, but like, do I want to bet that? Because is the likelihood that he goes in those spots a little bit higher than is being priced right now when no one knows anything and he's a quarterback and he's a quarterback that's being now grouped with the other quarterbacks. So it's almost like you got a one in four shot and it's not being priced like, or a one in three shot to go second or a one in two shot to go third. And he's not being priced like that. And this would be similar to last year. And, and just to Ken's point about like people getting information, the information doesn't have to be right. I have someone who over the years has given me very good information on the NFL draft. A lot of it has been, has been correct. Um, who was convinced last year and sent me, I, I maybe even like copy, like sent you the like t- screenshotted and sent you the texts. It was the Will Levis is going to Indianapolis texts. And it was like yeah. a sure thing, like a certainty. And again, like this person, and this person is not trying to like cost me money. That's not what this is at all. It's like everyone can get had, even people that are right, right sometimes. And that was the day of the draft. Had. They have yeah. day of the draft. Uh, yeah, last year was last year was an interesting one. Last year was a tough one. Um, well, I remember the seeing the second pick move. I remember seeing the second pick, like we're all, we're doing the show and it was so quiet the whole afternoon leading up to the draft. We didn't know, we knew Bryce Young was going one. We didn't know anything else. And I'm like, I have second overall pickup. Like when, when people actually know, we're going to know. And you're just like, keep waiting. It's five o'clock. Don't know anything. 5.30. Don't know anything. It's like 6.08. And I remember typing in the chat, like, hey, like a couple like limit bets, I think just came in on Stroud to go two. But like, yeah. remember, and this was remember this is when like this would people forget like Arizona traded, Houston picked second and third, and it's like Daniel Jeremiah I think was like the only one who even had that the night before that that was like even possible. So it was just it was even it was really weird an hour before the draft. This is two months. The idea that anything is done is like really like push back against that for sure. Um, and maybe that means bet other people to go one two. Like to be fair, if you're going to play it out the whole way, then maybe the first overall pick is is less certain than we think. It just seems like usually in these situations, when it's a quarterback at least, one gets like pretty centered around one player pretty fast, and it's usually pretty accurate. Like it doesn't flip hard like two does and three does because you have like more trading and you have like a, that sets off a domino effect. So um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have to get crazy. It could be exactly as everyone has it. Just like how much does anybody know right now? And for like a couple bucks, 
like it, you i think you could do worse than you know like uh, taking a, a small stab at some of this stuff and just kind of like seeing how like what a fun way to see how it plays out too you got the guy you got the quarterback that everyone's talking about right now that everyone loves and you're like well what if he goes sl- not even like higher just a little bit higher than everybody thinks. one spot on the quarterback depth chart higher than everybody thinks or there's one trade because there's never trades in the NFL draft. One trade that like upsets the order in some way because the team wants to do something different. I think it's an interesting way to think about things beyond just like the information that we all get from people. Uh, so I want to propose a thesis here. You better sure. do that with Nick and Ken, and we can we can close the book for today on NFL draft betting. So the first overall pick in the draft we want to assume right now is going to be Caleb Williams, correct? Yeah, I mean we, no, we again we're, like we're, regardless you know, of who picks Nick him. and Ken mock. February 26th, we could put Caleb Williams one, sure. Um, so if if Caleb Williams or like quarterback, let's just call it quarterback, quarterback sure. first overall pick in the draft. That's second, pretty safe, I think. Yeah. So second, whether Washington picks or does not pick, I feel pretty good that that is quarterback. Quarterback two. Now to be fair. QB two. I guess, like, the weirdness, like, last year it was, like, Houston picked twice in a row. And so, like, that was kind of weird. So, like, you weren't going to get – there were four quarterbacks that could have gone one, two, three, four, or could have gone in the top five. So, it like, it doesn't have to be like this, depending on who trades and things can get really weird. But I agree with you. Like, I think that makes logical sense right now, just that there are four compelling quarterback prospects. There are lots of teams picking at the top that – there isn't, like, the team that doesn't need one at two, three – the team that doesn't need one is at one right now, but they might need one eventually. Um, I think that makes logical sense. I think, you know, if you had a betting market for what position the second qu- the overall pick would be, quarterback would be a massive, massive favorite. So I, I agree with you on that. It, and it feels like like the top picks in the draft are all going to be like offensive players for the most part. That's what, what Drew was saying, what Whale was saying last hour right. with us, right? We have quarterbacks, we have a couple wide receivers, and we have like Joe Walt, the, the big offensive lineman, who I think is probably going to go to the Chargers. But anyway, so... I guess the way that what I'm going to say gets upended a little bit is if we find out. So a couple things would have to happen. Caleb Williams has to go first. Washington wants only Caleb Williams. We think that the Patriots are not going to select a quarterback. Maybe they like telegraph that they trade for Justin Fields, go after someone in free agency. Like they are not taking a quarterback, right? So the thought would that be like they're going to take one of the wide receivers. So is it a team maybe goes up to two to draft a receiver? like the receiver that they like to block the Patriots, to get ahead of the Patriots, take the wide receiver of their choice. Or Washington or another team takes a quarterback, and then at three, like the first wide receiver off the board, is it worth playing at this point? And like Mike is cycling through this here, and like I don't even think he's listed here. Did you see that market that just came up? Mike, can you put the non-quarterback market back up on the screen? Did you see this? See this? Heard about this? Yeah. uh, So this is... So for people that can't, like, listening to this right now, um, first drafted non-quarterback, Marvin Harrison, minus 650, and like, a deserved favorite. Joe Alt, offensive tackle, 8-1. to one. <laughs> Maybe not. Malik Neighbors, 9-1. to one. Jared Verse, Dallas Turner, pass rushers, 13 and 14th. Uh, Lakitu from the Mario series is 15-1. to one. I don't know who that is. L- Latu, Latu, I don't know who that is. Brock Bowers, whatever. Brock Bowers is not. It's, it's no chance Brock Bowers is the first non-quarterback off the board. He's like a six foot one tight end. He can be as awesome as he wants. He's not. It's not happening. So yeah, like I, I'm at this point. I think Harrison's the most likely. 
Yeah. I'm not convinced he's the first. I'm not convinced who knows? he's the first non quarterback off the board. Yeah. Who knows? Like I'd I'd rather play neighbors. I gotta or, find this thing. I didn't even know this market or, existed. I gotta find this or, thing. Or or if okay. you or me or you the person listening are right. of the opinion and we start to get information that Chicago's going one is quarterback, Caleb Williams is going first. Washington's taking a quarterback, whatever. Patriots want a quarterback also. And then maybe Arizona trades down. Like, if you think that this is all going to happen, the Chargers are on the board with the fifth pick. I have no inside information that they would take Joe Wall to the offensive lineman. All they talk about is wanting to build an offensive line and run the football. That's like, it's all like Jim Harbaugh, like, sexually fantasizes about this. That's what they want to do. <laughs> Jim, what do you like? Uh, Joe Alt. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, I don't know. Is it bet Alt and neighbors basically build like a no Marvin Harrison position? I I guess. I can't, like, I guess I can't say I can't believe it. I don't know anything. And I feel like I'm learning about the NFL draft today for the first time. Minus 650. So, like, here's the here's why I, I just, uh, not even I disagree with the pricing. I, I think I'm starting to understand why Harrison is priced like this. And I think it makes a lot of sense. I guess I also just think like the first non-quarterback drafted is not in a targetable range even. Could be two, three, four, five, could be like anywhere. And if you don't even know where the pick is that it's going to happen, how can you price it appropriately? Like I just, you don't even know what pick it is or who's picking it. And the range is like four picks. Like it's you know like what what is the fate what do you think if there was a betting market that was multi-way what pick will the first non-quarterback be what is the favorite in that market Fourth? four okay think about how much stuff can happen before that like it just can I can I toss out so the like conspiracy it has to be theory Harrison? that we talked about can we toss yeah. can we toss out the conspiracy theory that I said off air before and it's a conspiracy theory yeah. I think it's unlikely that my opinion is that this is unlikely to happen. Okay. So I want to be clear on this. I think this is unlikely. Uh, Arizona, the Cardinals' official Twitter account today. It's like I don't know. Like, why would you? It's like, like Windhorse. Like, why would they do this? Yeah. They tweeted um, like a picture of Kyler Murray. It's like our franchise quarterback. Like hashtag QB one, something to that effect. I don't think I have it right verbatim. Um, yeah, like he he signed like a massive extension last year. Like yes, like obviously he's. Why would they, like, why are they doing that? Like, why would they do that? Arizona, um, a number of years ago, actually it was the year that they hired Kingsbury and traded Josh Rosen a year after taking Rosen with Steve Wilkes. Um, and Wilkes is like one season as the coach of the Cardinals, did something similar and tweeted like, Josh is our quarterback. Rosen is our franchise quarterback. And then he wasn't. And then they traded him and then they took Kyler Murray first overall. So I'm not insinuating that just because that happened, that this has to happen. Just that, okay, I personally think Kyler Murray is going to be their guy. I personally think that. Adam Schefter tweeted, or I think it was Schefter. It might have been Rappaport. I think it was Schefter. One of the two. Quote tweeted it this morning, and it was like, another show of support for Kyler Murray. Something like that as Arizona's quarterback. Just like something that's being spoon-fed to that reporter, which is not a criticism of the reporter. I would do the same thing if I were them. Not a criticism. Like, maybe something's up. Maybe they are not sold that Kyler's the guy. They didn't draft Kyler Murray. Jonathan Gannon didn't draft him. Monty Ford didn't draft Kyler Murray. Just saying. Just saying. 
Okay. You're just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. You're just saying. Okay. Kyler would be the favorite to be the week one starting quarterback right now for Arizona. Definitely. But yeah. I I don't think it's impossible that something could happen there. Right. And then we don't know okay. Anything. So let me yeah. I'll I'll create a scenario. Kyler the Atlanta the Atlanta Falcons trade the eighth overall pick in the draft for Kyler Murray. Now Arizona picks four and eight. Four, they take the fourth quarterback off the board, and at eight, they take a receiver. Or they kick the can down the road on quarterback and take, like, neighbors and Marvin. I, I don't know. Whatever they do. Two offensive weapons. Who knows? Right. But I think I think people kind of understand. I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to, like, dumb this down, but I think people understand the difference between a market, like the Super Bowl. Teams have played 18, 19, 20 games. ton of data. Like, uh, the rules of football are really well understood. The game is taking place soon. The limits are really large. Like the good good reason to believe this is a good like this price makes sense. This is probably close to the right difference between the teams. If there was a market for like who is the Chargers starting quarterback going to be in twenty twenty nine, like yeah Herbert would be favored, but like how would you have any idea? What could there be a pandemic by then? Like do you have any idea Don't what's going to happen? Right, but you know that, what I mean. Though? So like wouldn't you bet the big prices like not him or someone else maybe? All right. On the other side, we'll give you our bets for tonight. Ken Barkley will talk about the Kentucky Wildcats, and we'll wrap up the magnificent Monday edition of You Better You Bet. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Cats. 117-95, the final. Impressive. Major bounce back for Kentucky after the disappointing loss to LSU on Wednesday night. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Ian Eagle and Bill Rafferty with the call this weekend. Raftery? I pronounced it incorrectly. Anyway, with the call on CBS this past weekend, Kentucky scores about a billion points. Uh, could Kentucky score 100 on the Charlotte Hornets? Uh 117 to 95, Kentucky beats Alabama on Saturday, which is great for us because we bet Kentucky. But is Kentucky a legitimate threat to make the Final Four? Cut down the nets coming up three weeks from now when we'll have our brackets for the NCAA tournament. We'll discuss in just a second, and we'll also give you our bets for tonight coming up in a few moments. But we have some thank yous to dole out as we wrap up the magnificent Monday edition of You Better You Bet. Two great guests on the show today. We appreciate both of them. Matt Moore from the Action Network, and then our friend, the whale capper, Drew Densick from NBC Sports. Our executive producer today, pulling double duty, is Jake the Snake Asan, also serving as our um, excellent engineer on today's show. So thank you very much to Jake for all the efforts. Our technical director today is Lauren's brother, uh, Stephen Conrad, a.k.a. SC, and our video producer, God's Perfect Creation. And like, I don't know when this happens, but this is inside baseball. I usually can't see the right rail, like the graphics that we have on the right head. It's usually like blurred for, I don't know, we like changed something and now I can see them all the time. I don't know if I've like just realizing this now that Mike Brown is like the Beethoven of switching back and forth to these things like while we're on topic. But it's been like exceptional today. Like here's the second overall pick in the draft. Boom, Mike Brown's got it up on the screen. So Mike Brown's all over it, doing an amazing job on the show today. We always appreciate our friend downtown, Mike Brown. BetMGM Tonight is coming up after us. A four-hour live betting against And Ken Barkley and I back tomorrow for another four hours of wagertainment here on You Better, You Bet. All right, bets for tonight are coming up in a moment. Ken, let's talk about the Kentucky Wildcats um, who thump Alabama over the weekend, 117-95. to 95. John Calipari's team is 1-3-4 heading into a date tomorrow night 
at Mississippi State. 22 to 1 to win the national championship right now at our show sponsor, BetMGM. Uh, what have you got for us here on BBN, the Kentucky Wildcats? Uh, just that I think they're going to be a really interesting team to talk about down the stretch of the season. I think they fall into a, a certain type of team that uh, people are going to really like going into the tournament and that I'm going to be against. And, uh, and it's, it can be tough. Like you watch this team, they score 109 points. Be like, why do you want to be against this team? Sounds kind of stupid. Um, typically in, uh, in college basketball, there's this dynamic where uh, the final month of the season happens every year. It's remarkable how often it happens. There will be a team and there are plenty of teams play better, play worse, whatever. It's a, it's a month of the season versus how they played the previous three months, whatever. Yeah. Like three months, uh, November, December. January. Yeah. Well, actually you like more, right? No, like three months. Um, and the final month of the season, the team will take off. They'll get super hot. They'll play way better than they played the first three months of the season. And everybody will start talking themselves into this team. Um, and she, I see them last night or they go deep in their conference tournament. Uh, they're winning games this time of year. Again, like Nick and I are just starting to pay attention this time of year. We're like everybody else. We parachute in. We pay attention. These are the, this is the team that will capture your attention because they're playing well at a time of the year when everyone's paying attention, and their prices will often reflect that. And the remarkable thing, you'd be like, well, well there's nothing interesting about this. That all makes a lot of sense. The remarkable thing is uh, these teams don't win. They don't go far in the tournament. They very rarely make deep runs. There's only a couple historical examples of like the high, I think the late bloomer is what I used to call them when I used to write about it. Just the there's a lot of historical examples of teams like how Kentucky's starting to look that will enter the NCAA tournament with a lot of momentum. People will talk themselves into this team winning the region, uh, maybe winning the national championship, depending on how good the team is. And these teams frequently fail and they fail very early in the tournament in, in very like crazy fat, like, you know, you can't believe they, they flopped out so early. Uh, last year, Duke was this team and Kentucky was the second team that fit this description again last year. Uh, both of them were seated in a region with Purdue and Marquette, which made them very desirable region winner bets because people didn't like Purdue again very much last year, and they lost to a 16, so people were right. And you were trying to figure out who was in that region that was, and maybe people didn't like Marquette. They were kind of like a not great two versus the other twos. Be like, oh man, turned out it was turned out it was FAU, right? It was FAU, right? So you you got Purdue, you got Marquette. Everyone's like, well, let's play the hot teams. It's like now Florida Atlantic, that's who won it. Uh, Duke very famously lost the second round game to Tennessee, which is a, one of the most fascinating betting markets of last season's NCAA tournament, where like every rating had Tennessee favored and the market had Duke favored by a possession. And then Duke's trailing at halftime and the second half market's insane and like assumes Duke's going to have this crazy comeback and they don't. They get blown out. Um, people like to be on teams like this. Uh, there's a lot of historical examples of teams that fit this description. No one has really won the national title playing way over their kind of pre-final month rating. So if you were like the 20th best team up until a month ago, and then you were the best team down the stretch, it could cause a lot of momentum to cause a lot of people to want to bet on you. There really isn't a comp for a team like that ever winning the national championship. There's a North Carolina team that was like played at a top 10 level and then still played at the top 10 level, but better. And they won. And for the most part, you your champion should have already been great. They should have been great, and then they keep being great, and it's consistent, and it's balanced, and it's excellent, and that's Arizona, and that's Connecticut, and that's Houston. That's teams like that. That's not teams like Kentucky. Um, There's actually not a lot of historical precedent for a team even making the Final Four 
that has this kind of uh, a profile, like how Kentucky's looking right now. And to put this in perspective, Kentucky was essentially, per Bart Torvik, they were 25th best team in the country entering February 15th. And they obviously everybody's played about two, three games. Uh, they are the second best team in the country since February 15th. That would be a very large increase in terms of how well they're playing. Uh, so just uh, my piece of advice here is, if we get to the end of the season and there's whether it's Kentucky or somebody else, they capture America's attention and imagination in this tournament. Uh, you're going to want to be against them. And in general, that's a very profitable place to be. And if they win, they win. Uh, hasn't happened so far. Only one team has even made a deep run really in the tournament. That's been like that. That was Michigan. that lost to Villanova uh, several years ago in the final. They got hot down the stretch. Nobody's ever really won the title like it. And Kentucky's going to be bet and rated like they maybe could win the national championship. If they do this and they get hot late, it's hard to be against teams. Everyone's going to tell you you're stupid. Everyone's going to tell you, like, how can you not, how can you be against this team? Have you watched them? Be like, yeah, I've watched them, and that's the whole point, is that teams that get really, really hot late, they fizzle out early season, non-conference. These tends to be much, much more predictable or much more predictive in terms of who wins, uh, who's good early, who's good throughout, not necessarily who's good right at the end. So do we want to uh, – I don't know what the market's going to be, but we want to bet them tomorrow against Mississippi State? Well, this got me into a lot of trouble against LSU the other day, but I guess it, it worked for us on Saturday against Alabama. Just play on like all the time. They're gonna be. I, I can see if the market's open for that game. It is. I, I it is. Oh, they're okay. they're they're dog. They're they're uh, almost three point dogs at, at, in Starkville. Oh, they opened a small dog and they've gotten bet against hard already. Yeah, oh. I don't. I don't really. I don't. What a weird, yeah, I don't what a really weird want... market. Yeah, we, Miss State's we a bubble team too. I think. I think they're one of the. They're. I don't know if they're squarely on the bubble right now, but they're around it. I got to tell you something. I'm betting Kentucky tomorrow. Okay. I I want them to win. Like it's it's a better betting opportunity if they're awesome and they they take a lot of win probability and they're really highly regarded to win their region and then we get to bet somebody else. Like that's what you're that's what you're hoping for. You want an opportunity like that. Um, quick question, and I don't know if you have this open right now. If not, we'll just do the bets. 2013 yeah. UConn. The team with Kemba yeah, that won the Big East tournament and then won the national championship were they a late bloomer or they had I I don't remember that regular season really. Wait, which oh uh, won the tournament in fourteen? No, not fourteen, but eleven. Excuse me, two thousand eleven with Kemba. They played at the exact same, the literal identical rating the final month of the season than they did before it. Got it. Okay, because that's that's always because I remember like picking UConn to win my bracket and betting on UConn because of what they did in the Big East tournament. So I was like, but you know, were they a you big know why or a late bloomer? You know, no, 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 no. They played at the exact. They literally played at the exact same level. There's only the the most champions play either exactly the same or worse the final month, and basically none play measurably better. There's like one champion that's ever played measurably better, and it was uh, what was it, Carolina in seventeen. Uh, so that's the team that is that the team that beat Gonzaga. Yes, that team. Um, yes. So that that team got and like Gonzaga should have won that game. That was like a really dumb game. Um, so like, it doesn't really happen ever. But the reason why UConn like played at the same level is in non-conference play. Again, the predictive power of non-conference play. UConn was really good in non-conference play. They like a top fifteen team in the country in non-conference play that year. Um, I Marquette's going to be my team outside of the top four that I think will penetrate the bubble. They're pretty year. interesting. Yeah, get a little revenge on you. Maybe bet them before the UConn revenge game because when they win that, and, then everybody's in. And and I'll tell you, like I'm like like the scorer and the distributor. They have both of them, and they have a good coach. And in college college basketball, to paraphrase Stephen A. Smith, quite frankly, that's all you need. All right, bets for tonight coming up now. Jake the Snake, please drop the dope ass beat. 
All right, our show sponsor is BetMGM. BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks, and you can earn BetMGM rewards points that can you redeem that you can redeem for things like free bets and risk-free tokens, or converted to MGM rewards points that can be used towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts. Download the BetMGM app and visit BetMGM.com today. All right, Ken, let's get to the bets coming up for tonight. NBA, college hoops, NHL. What do you got? I literally only have one bet tonight that I think I like. This is so embarrassing. Whatever, you have a bunch, and we only have a couple minutes left. Uh, I like Miami tonight against North Carolina. They've gotten bet against. They have played miserably for an extended period of time. Uh, they are not the healthiest team in the world, but 15 with a really good coach at a, like a pretty dumb team, to be honest. Uh, who's played pretty well recently, beat Virginia over the weekend. Just like seems like a situation where no one will want Miami. The number has drifted out and uh, and will play Miami uh, in the middle of this losing streak and hopefully just be a little bit more competitive. You're right. It is embarrassing that you only have one bet for tonight. I will, I will tell you on your one bet. I'll play Miami also. Um, in the NBA, I love the Knicks. I didn't like them on Saturday against Boston because I think like they're running out of gas at this point. Tibbs is playing four guys 40 minutes a game, and they're a huge favorite tonight against the Pistons. I'm not suggesting the Knicks are going to lose the game, but I'll play the Pistons at a big price to keep this game close. So give me the Pistons plus 11.5 on the road at my Knicks. In hockey, the Islanders' season is circling the drain. The team knows it. Now, Jake Ottinger's not playing tonight for the Stars. I don't care. They beat Carolina this weekend. Uh, give me the Stars on the puck line, plus 145, minus a goal and a half at home against the Islanders with Scotty Wedgwood starting. And elsewhere in college basketball, let's zigzag here and take West Virginia plus the points at Kansas State. We played on Kansas State on Saturday, beat BYU. We'll play against K-State now with the West Virginia team that's been struggling. West Virginia plus the points. And I'll be the sucker, and I'll play Baylor plus the points on the road at TCU. If Baylor makes one free throw at the end of the game against Houston, what's this market against TCU? So Baylor plus the points, West Virginia plus the points, Stars on the puck line, Pistons plus the points, Ken Barkley with Miami. Ken and I will talk to everybody tomorrow at 3 o'clock Eastern on a Tuesday, and until then, I am Nick Costos, wishing all of you minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck. Bet MGM tonight, coming up next. Thanks for listening to You Better You Bet. Up next, it's Bet MGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM.